Okay, and it started. Oh my gosh, why am I nervous? <laughs> I always get nervous too when I do my podcast. It's okay. <laughs> All right, okay. So, hello everyone. Um, welcome back to session 22. I am your host, Esther, and today I am joined with the lovely Chardonnay. Um, and honestly, I like when I have guests come on, I like for my guests to kind of introduce themselves because I feel like I can't do you only you can do yourself justice if that makes sense right Um, so yeah go ahead tell us who you are well thank you for having me first and foremost it's always nice to be on the other side of like podcasting from interviewing to actually being interviewed um well just a little bit about myself Uh, my name's chardonnay i currently live in denver colorado um i've been dancing now for three years been doing work sex work all together for about four to five years, minus 2020, I guess. Um, yeah. I've been a dancer. I have a two-time Playboy playmate and just kind of like an all-around kind of girl, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, I know. Hey, thank you for that. Um, And fun fact, I actually met Chardonnay. Actually, I don't even know if I told you how I like found out who you were. So, um when we were looking for someone to do our, like a speaker for our boozy brunch event, cause like just for folks who are listening, my organization had a boozy brunch thing about a month ago. Um, and we're looking for people to talk about consent in different spaces. And I was like searching cause I knew that I wanted to have someone come and speak about sex work on my podcast. So that was my main priority. And like, just looking through, I'm like, I don't know who to, cause I feel like, you can't really know people's personality over like social media because everyone is different like on social media. So when I saw like I saw your I don't even know how I found I think I found out about your podcast first and I love podcasts. So I was like, oh yeah. shit, you have a podcast? I love that. So when when you when I saw you had a podcast, I'm like, yeah, we need to have her on my organization's thing. We need to have her on my podcast because like I feel like people who just have podcasts. I don't know. I, I usually get like a nice vibe off of them. And then obviously we had you come on and you were amazing. So <laughs> that's why you're here. Um, but yeah. Um, and actually, I think the biggest part, reason why I wanted to come back was because is there a garbage truck outside? I don't know if you can hear it. There was a, it's gone. There was a truck outside. But um, it's because you said that you were half Nigerian and I'm Nigerian. So when you said that, I was like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know. I just felt like there was like, like I had like a connection because like you're a Nigerian and I'm Nigerian. So that was like a big thing for me. And I felt like I'd want to have a conversation with even how that affected, might've affected um, different aspects of your life, especially maybe things that I could relate to because I've been in Canada for about what, 10 years, which when I was, since I was like 14 and like you grew up in the U.S., right? Yeah. I grew up in the yeah. U.S. Okay, yeah. So, like, that's, I just wanted to, so I guess, like, that kind of brings me into um, my first, actually, no, I'll ask that later. Um, I guess I wanted to just, first of all, ask just as an intro of how did you get into sex work and what was your motivation? Like, what led you to want to go into into dancing? And, yeah. Um, well, thank you for finding me, number one. You guys have been great. Um, and I think what you guys are doing are great. I think your whole project is wonderful. Thank you. Um, but as far as sex work goes, so it's kind of like a 
I'll give you guys like the short version of like the story. Um, I had uh, been with this guy for five years, ended up, he ended up convincing me to move to North Carolina. Um, it was an abusive relationship mentally and physically. Um, but at that time I was like, I guess I was like, what, 23 or 24. He was only my second real relationship. He convinced me to go to North Carolina with him. And I ended up moving out there. Um, and of course, like after six months of us moving out there, I ended up leaving him. I packed up my stuff because I was just kind of over everything. So I packed up my stuff, ended up moving with this girl that I was actually waiting tables with and um, just kind of had to make my way out there by myself because I didn't have any family. I didn't have any friends. I didn't really want to go home and, you know, um, back to Colorado. Um and even just like, I didn't want to tell my family either, you know, because you never really want to tell your parents like that super disappointing, you know, yeah. story. Right. And they did give me the option. I remember I'd called my dad and he said, well, if you want to come home today, like I will buy you a plane ticket, you know, pack up your things. We'll go home. And I was like, no, I'm just going to stay out here. Like things aren't that bad. Um, I was like, OK, whatever. So I decided to stay. Um, I ended up being in North Carolina for like two and almost three years out there. Um, I was waiting tables, I went to school, um, and I was working two jobs and like minimum wage in North Carolina, I think was 925, right? So I'm working two yeah. jobs, like trying, yeah, try and pay for school That's and like do all these things and like, it's impossible, right? Yeah. Um, so I actually met a really good friend of mine waiting tables at like this like Greek restaurant. Um, her name was Kira and, um. We were both kind of like standing there one day and we kind of have like this idea of like, hey, like, you know, what if we try and like go dance? Like, I don't know where we got this idea from, but like, you know, when you meet someone like, you know, they're like, well, Kira said, I've always kind of had an interest or like a curiosity about it. I said, okay, well, if you go, then I'll go. Um, so we ended up going for audition at this really nice gentleman's club that was by the airport. It was like upscale. Um, and we actually auditioned just to be shot girls. So when you're a shot girl, you just walk around with a cocktail dress and you have to sell your tray of shots. It's $10 a shot. So I think you get like, you have to sell like the tray is worth like $300 or something like that. So you have to sell your, um, sell your shot tray by the end of the night. And I'll never forget it. The house mom, she goes, we'll see how long you guys are serving shots before you start dancing. And we're like, no, like, we're not ready for all that. We're not like ready to put on our stripper shoes just yet. And then I'll never forget it. It was probably like a Saturday night. It was really busy. And I was walking around handing out shots. And this guy goes, well, how much for a dance? I said, I don't do dances, but you can buy shots. He started putting down $100 bills. He's like, how much for a dance? I was like, I don't do it. Mm. He ended up putting down $500 for one dance. And I was like, all right, I will do a dance for yeah. And honestly, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was, um, you know, because there's bouncers. They're not, they're, they're not allowed to, like, touch you, be aggressive with you and all these different things. So I felt comfortable um, doing that. So then my friend Kira, she followed suit. Um, and then the next day we had a dance on stage, which was probably like the most nerve wracking thing <laughs> I think I'd had to do. Um, it was like getting on the stage, because like, it's like any stage I should, whether you're talking yeah. to people or, um, I don't know, just like singing in front of a crowd, but like dancing in front of a crowd and then having to take like your top off and then 
you know, you're like wondering about all your insecurities about within your body. Like, what are they looking at? Like, yeah. it's like this, like this feels like it was just like the biggest adrenaline rush um, that I had. And honestly, like, it just didn't turn out to be too bad. Like I, I, I got comfortable with it after I did the first stage that, you know, I waited about an hour before they called me back up on stage and it was like a good feedback. You know, it wasn't like this, like guys were like, Oh no, you're gross. Like it was actually really positive feedback, which I was like, I was surprised. I think all women are when they go up and they dance, you know, cause you are putting yourself mm-hmm. out there physically, yeah. you know? Yeah. Sure. But yeah, that's how I, that's kind of like my short ended story of getting into dancing. Yeah, wow. Damn. That's like, I love it because I feel like, like a lot of the times, um, and I, like, I have two friends who are sex workers too, and I tell them this all the time too, that like, when people ask like, oh, like, why did you get into sex work? Why did you start dancing and stuff like that? They always expect like some like, oh, like. I was homeless, like I had nothing to do, like someone forced me to, I don't know, I hear that a lot. Right. And I'm like, it's actually not always like that. And I liked it, like for you, it was just honestly, like kind of like, let me just see how this goes. And you actually liked it. And I think that's that's so cool, especially because, wait, so the first day um, when the guy asked you to dance and he gave you $500, the next day, you, like the next day you just got and just, like did you, yeah, was it was like, the next get, day yeah the next day you kind of get like this um you know what it was it's kind of like you get like this feeling of like wow like i i can make this kind of money right i'm making this kind of money compared to me like working two jobs and making half the money that yeah. i was making so like making that transition it was like i think it was on a saturday night so then i started dancing on a sunday night which sundays were kind of on the slower side so it wasn't just like me starting on a Friday where it's like crazy packed and busy, you know, it was a, more of like Sunday at like five o'clock in the afternoon where like people really, there is people still in there, but like not as packed as a Friday or Saturday. And yeah. I think I just, I like told my friend Kira and I think we just both made it. I was like, if I get on stage, you will you get on stage after me, you know? So we kind of made like a little pact. Um, and I think it was worth it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I like, I also like the fact that, like, because I feel like if it had been a thing of, okay, it's, it's, let's say, like, the first time it was on Sunday, and then you kind of had a week to, like, think about it, you could kind of psych yourself out sometimes, so I think, I like the fact that it was just, okay, like, the next day, especially because then you don't have time to, like, allow things, like, your anxiety and, like, stuff to be, like, okay, you know, I can't do this, like, it's just, you know what, I did it yesterday, I'm going to do it today, and, then you do it and you're like, okay, shit, like it actually, it's not that bad. I got good feedback. Everything's good. So I think like, that's like, yeah, I don't know. Cause I feel like a lot of the time for a lot of people for different things, even like just performing, when you have time to think about it, it will like set you out. You'll be like, I can't do this with, and even like with me, when I have to speak and stuff, I'm like, I can't do this. It's too much people. Cause I hate talking in front of people, let alone leading sessions and stuff like I cry before them so I know it's, it's no I completely feel that I still like like talking for me like it's still anxiety still yeah. building up, you know so like yeah. even when I do my podcast like right before I start like 
the first like couple of minutes is kind of like word vomit and I can't like get it out because I'm like ah oh, like I'd much rather hear other people talk yeah <laughs> you know? no, yeah I feel you I feel you I'm the exact same way luckily for me today like I just left class like was online so I didn't even have time to like be stressed so I'm like I'm, that's why I'm more like calm but normally I'd be like voice shaking the first few minutes but on, that's that's really cool and um just on that like how has the journey been like from that day that first that first time you danced on stage till now even with just the journey in general the journey like even with you being a black woman and do you find that like sometimes you get treated differently by co-workers by clients like how has the journey in general been so far um that's actually like a great question you know so the thing is, is like sex work, it, it is hard, right? Because you get, so, you know, especially being like a black woman, right? Because black beauty has just now started to be appreciated and more, um, more not really exposed, but more, uh, I don't know, for the viewer's eye, right? So you see more yeah. black women everywhere, black beauty, um, that things are guys were, are kind of quiet about, right? So when I started down south, um, it was probably like it was a good mix of clientele, right? You had everyone who was like your just every walk of life. So you had everyone from like drug dealers who were just throwing money to like your sugar daddy, like older white guys mm. in the club, right? Um, and the crazy thing is, is like, yes, it is always going to be harder for black women to make money in this industry, unless you are working at a predominantly black club. Right. And so like a lot of the clubs are like set up to where, you know, where you're going. Um, so when customers are like, I remember when I was like going to different clubs, they'd be like, oh, well, this is, this is a rock club. So when people say this is like a rock country club, that means they're not going to hire black girls. Um, if you go to like, it's like club, da, 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 da. it's a booty club. Okay, so it's all black girls. Um, if you go to this gentleman's club, it's like, yes, the money is great if you can get in. So they always hire, they have to hire X amount of black and brown women to work. So they don't, because they have to upkeep like a standard, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I went to the gentleman's club and honestly, there'd be nights where guys they will avoid you like the plague they will stare at you all night but then as soon as you try and go make conversation with them like you don't exist right then you see the next girl who didn't you know put in as much effort who happens to be white and boom just like that instantaneously right you see the girls who don't and you know you do get a little frustrated because you're like dang i put in so much effort for my time my hair my makeup my outfit and then you see a girl who just roll literally can just come in looking like whatever and just make that money because like she is like a white girl um but then the guys by the end of the night they like they get drunk enough or they get comfortable enough with the idea of getting a dance with you or hanging out with you even though that's what they wanted the whole night and that's what I ran into a lot when I first started dancing, um, was that. And, um, and, and I also realized, too, that black and brown women, we tend to be fetishes for a lot of guys. Because um, the conversation is like, I've never been with a black girl before, but yeah. I've always wanted to, yeah. like, you know? So it is like, yeah. okay, well, now I'm, like, I'm fetishized by you. Um, yeah. And then another big thing when I came to Colorado was some of the clubs only hire you know white girls so most guys don't even know that you're working 
because 97% of the club is going to be a white girl. Mm. Um, but I did realize this, that like when I do find a customer that really does like, like me, enjoy me, want to spend money with me, I feel like they spend triple the amount than what they would spend on a white girl mm. because they are paying for that like fetish or they do appreciate, like, you know, um, I think like another hard thing too, with being a black dancer is like, just like a black woman in life, right? We are always plagued as like having an attitude or like we're aggressive, like mm -hmm. we're this type, right? So if I take it down 50 notches and I'm like the sweetest, nicest, just, you know, outgoing person, and then like the next girl will come up and literally be like, fuck you, I want a thousand dollars of like, oh, okay. And I'm like, dude, like, I don't, I don't, I can't, I can't do yeah. that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you're already expecting that. So now I have to like break down these expectations and 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 get you to like me or trust me not even just based off of the physical but like now i have to like break it down i have to sit down and talk to you compared to any other person who's just going to be like you know what i mean i've heard conversations with girls i've seen girls be so rude to some customers i was working last weekend this like white girl comes up to this guy trying to finesse him for a champagne room yes girl get your bread i don't <laughs> care um but his friend comes up and says hey like what's going on over here she goes you need to shut the fuck up because you don't have any money to talk to me Damn. and he goes well surprise i'm the one paying for the whole night so you just like fucked yourself out of money yeah. but just like that the fact that you can the fact that that's how she conversates with people in general yeah. you're like hey girl like fuck like i i would never like even just in, like i would just never talk to anybody like that you know yeah. So it is kind of hard. It's different, but I enjoy being a black dancer because I love representing the black dancers and being a black woman who can say, yeah, we, we walk tall, we're confident, we're sexy. And I'm, I feel like we dominate the, the, the dance sex work industry. You yeah. Know? So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Whoa. Like <laughs> it's just, like, and I'm even thinking about it from just like, I don't know. I just feel like a lot of the, the things you're saying, like I can totally relate to them. I feel like it's so difficult, especially because like when your personality is <laughs> like, for instance, like my personality and a few of my friends, not that we're like bitches, but we have that, like, that's our personality. And just the fact that like white girls are allowed to even do that and then it's not a big deal but then if I start to talk like that and it's just how I am then I remember like one time I got called into work a couple times for being too rude or too aggressive and I was just being like very blunt like really like you don't do this or you don't do that and it's crazy because just the difference it's so and doesn't that frustrate you like I don't know I feel like I would be like I can't like I don't know like I don't know and I feel like even I don't know, because when you were talking about how you felt like how um, like the guys would like just ignore you at the start of like the shift and everything. And then when they got drunk or they wanted, how did that make you feel? I feel like I would feel like very, I don't know, like I know a lot of people would start to develop not self-hate, but just, mm -hmm. yeah, even that, like you don't feel comfortable or like maybe you don't feel comfortable even, let's say like a white guy wants to date you, like would you feel right. comfortable in that situation knowing that these men, first of all, they just fetish, fetishize 
black women, but also I know that if there was three other white girls here, you wouldn't look at me because of some deep, I don't know, racist undertones that you have. Like, how do you even navigate that? Like, I'm sure at first it was very like upsetting, but how did you kind of work on that or, or allow yourself to be like, you know what, fuck it. I don't care. You know, that took me a long time because there was like literal, there were literal nights when I would come home and I would cry or like, you know, and it'd be hard too because there'd be nights in the locker room um, because I worked with like a lot of, you know, all the women who did the work were beautiful. I think they're great. Anyone who does sex work, you know, Um, but there would be a night where, you know, a lot of the black girls would be hanging out and one of my really good friends, Asia, it'd just be like, a, we would be in the locker room and would be quiet, you know, because like you'd hear all these other girls like having like this wonderful, great night, da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of like, well, over here, we didn't make any money um, or whatever. We didn't make as much yeah. money, right? And honestly, like, it's like one of those things to where you just, you have to have a thick skin when you do this work, right? It's it's because people, guys, okay, so what guys find to be attractive in, in women, just in general, is what they were raised to believe is attractive, right? So what they're, what's put in front of them, what their dad says, what their friends say, even though they're not really attracted to it, they, in their mind, they're programmed to think that's what's attractive, right? Yeah. And I've had to learn that it's not me. Like, I really did have to, like, come home and just kind of take those mental days and say, like, hey, like, it's not me. Yeah. Um, and it's hard. But, you know, I found me and my friend Asia, we found we had to find ourselves finding humor in it. Right. Because if you if you do take it to heart, then you do have, like, self-hatred. And I have seen girls um who've tried to whitewash themselves down and try to do like, well, maybe if I do blonde hair and green contacts, mm-hmm. maybe if I yeah. like talk like this, or maybe if I dance to this, like it might get me more, get me more money instead yeah. of just embracing what they have and knowing that someone is going to come for them, um, that there's always money there for you. Yeah. Um, that That is one thing that I think, that is a hard, that's a hard, uh, it's a hard question. I think I've just really just said, fuck those people. Like, fuck the guys. Like, if someone's like, um, like, no, I don't want you. It's like, well, fuck you, bro. Someone else will. Like, I know that I'm attractive. And if you think that I'm not, like, I could care two shits. Like, you're the one in the strip club having to pay money for a girl's time. So whose yeah. problem is it really? Yeah. You know? Um, but I think the biggest thing for most of the Black girls is that we kind of stuck together. And we bonded and we would make humor about it. And the nights that we did dominate were the nights that we were just killing it. And I hate to make it about like, you know, like race, not like we didn't talk to anybody else. Like it was just like black girls versus white girls. No, we all did coexist and did have really good relationships. But when it came down to like working and trying to get money, like, you, you you did have to stick to who who, yeah. who understood you because I'm not gonna say like, hey like I'm having like a bad night and like this girl's you know let's say it's a white girl and she's having like a great night she can't relate to the same reasons as to why I'm having a bad night yeah. you know I can't bluntly say this I'm like oh no but you're so pretty you should always be making money and I'm like that doesn't that doesn't matter I can yeah. be 
Halle Berry and the guy was just like, oh, well, you're, you're black. So like, I yeah. can't, you know, I can't do it. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. it is a harsh, it is like a harsh reality. Um, and for anyone who says like racism doesn't exist in this realm of work, it really does. It, yeah. it a thousand percent does. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think even like that shows the importance like just of you having people around you of having spaces or even even just spaces that are just for black people because that like as you were saying like that white girl's gonna go say oh no like you should make money you're really pretty and then let's say then you say no actually it's because i'm black a lot of the times and i've seen that happen where they won't get it and they'll be like well what do you mean like and then kind of downplay it when you know it's because you're black right. like and you don't want that so like it is like and i know whenever people say things i've seen this on twitter all the time people get annoyed that black people want to have things for just black people but it's important because nobody can understand black people but black people like white people don't have the same experiences other people of color might have similar experiences but they still have the privilege of being of lighter skin than black people a lot of the time so like it's definitely important to have a space that's you have people around you and they understand you and they're they just get it like they don't you can just say girl today you you know what it is like you don't even have to say right right and i love that i, I like that like unspoken just like we'll be like all right we know what tonight's about yeah you know, we're gonna cut our losses we're still yeah. gonna joke around have a good night if we make a couple of hundred dollars cool but we're gonna go home like it ain't a thing yeah. Um, and I do. I think black dancers definitely do need their own space. Um, just black women, black people in general, we definitely yeah. do need more spaces for ourselves. Because, like you said, I do feel like they make it like such a thing of like, no, you guys don't need it. You guys can just coexist with everybody else. And it's like, well, you don't. You definitely don't have like the same problems that mm-hmm. I have to deal with. Um, and yeah, a lot of girls do try to downplay it as like, oh no, it's not that. Like these guys are just whatever, whatever. I'm like, no, like blatantly yeah. like i know what's happening anyone yeah. who's like really looking knows but it's like that you know if i just brush it over and just i mean i've acknowledged it i try to make her feel good type of a yeah. thing keep her pushing and it's like okay well i appreciate yeah. your efforts yeah but- like they don't understand but they're trying like you know like they they understand as much as they understand but you could they can never fully understand but yeah um yeah. I was going to say, like, as well to how you said about, because I know this, like, a lot of people do do that, where they try to, like, whitewash, as you said, make themselves appear more, just visibly, like, more like white people. And I think it's really important to, and it, even, like, as you were saying, like, the thick skin aspect of it relates to that, too, because there is that thing in our head that's like, why don't I, I should probably just do this, I should probably just do that, just so I can fit in more or be liked more. But I think it's really important, even for representation, to have it where you're like, you know what, I'm going to just be me and that's okay. And if they don't want me, that's cool. I'll hang out with my girls. We'll laugh about it. But let me just be me because then there's going to be one dancer who comes in tomorrow who's a new girl and is like, you know what, maybe I should try switch it up too. And then they see you being yourself and just being like, you know, this is the reality of it. And they're going to be like, I want to be myself. Because sometimes people also get lost in trying to be other things to please people. And, and you know, like, especially because I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, sex work, 
as far as I know, a lot of it for a lot of people, like mentality is about just that whole idea of body liberation and just body positivity. So how can you have that when you're not, you're, you're feeling unhappy about your looks or even if it's just the color of your skin and try to change it. So like, you know what I mean? So, and it it, it just makes for a really negative mental health, like from what I know, especially like in the long run, because you're going to, as you're getting older, your mindset's starting to think I'm going to be this way. Like I have to be this way to be seen as beautiful. And then it's not actually you, you know? Yeah, that is like a, that is a real thing. Um, Cause sex work is a lot of body liberation. I've seen girls who they got babies, they got stretch marks, they got loose skin. They got one of their boobs might be bigger than the other um i've seen like every body type and it's all about how you own it i see more girls who like who just own what they have and you know um i think it's great you know it is hard too because if you come into sex work and you're vulnerable Mm -hmm. and guys can see that you're vulnerable and you're not sure of yourself they will eat you alive and they will take full advantage of it and then next thing you know you are just not your self-worth goes down right because you're getting more to take advantage of and i have seen that too you know i see some girls who come in and they're these guys are just like and it's kind of disgusting because these are like grown men right these are like average like 20 like it's very seldom that you're going to get a whole bunch of like 20 year old guys coming into a club right unless it's like a party or bachelor party or something Mm. most of these are like grown-ass men who come in and they see a girl who's vulnerable and they will take advantage of her um, financially, mentally, all these different things. And it is sad because you're like, dang, like baby girl, you ain't got to do all that. And, but it's kind of hard to tell someone that if they don't believe in themselves already, you know, someone who's kind of already, whose aura is already kind of damaged and you're like, you want to help them a lot. You want them to stick with you, but they just get lost in it, you know, and it is yeah. a sad reality. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. Yeah, no, it's sad. It's really sad. Yeah. Being oh, black yeah. is love being black, but some like I don't like. I'm sure we all have those days. There's so much like black positivity out here, like today, like just within the black community. But there's still days where even I'm like, girl, being black is is a lot sometimes, especially the way that we're received. And and I and I hate the fact that like a lot of spaces are so white dominated that mm-hmm. it's so difficult. Like, even like even like my um just to sidetrack real quick, my culinary thing. I had a interview yesterday. I walk in, there was like eight white men, and that right. that feeling already. I'm just like I'm mad uncomfortable because I'm black. I'm a woman, mm-hmm. and there's or they already have these preconceived notions of me because I'm black or it could be a thing of mm, what if she we say something and she just starts to get mad because that's all they do all they do is get angry and stuff so it's difficult just being just existing and being black even though it's uh, it's crazy anyway um so yeah so I wanted to talk about the fact that I don't know if curious to know if even being Nigerian has played a role in your sex work and like in dancing and stuff. And as I was saying, I was really shocked to find that you were Nigerian because um, I don't know. I love Nigerians, uh, but <laughs> did that being Nigerian have an effect on, on you growing up just in general? And did it, was it a big part of your childhood? Did it have an effect on your decision whether or not to go into sex work? 
Um, so being Nigerian, so it's on my dad's side of the family. I guess I'm third generation, so my grandmother was first generation. Um honestly, so my dad yeah, I do. We definitely do still take in our roots and things like that. And we still appreciate all of their culture. I think my dad, he never really, um, it really wasn't like a traditional Nigerian home. Grandma's house, traditional. Yeah. My parents' house was never really traditional in that sense. Um, and I think it definitely didn't see if it like changed my perception you know it it kind of did just because like you know it's kind of you're coming from a strict home right mm. um, my parents are very strict um and they still are they still like I said my parents don't know that I dance and I just feel like that's like one thing that I don't feel like I should have to tell them or neither yeah. do I need to have that discussion yeah. um they just assume like I'm a bottle service girl at a club downtown yeah. Um, but it definitely did just because like you never want to disappoint your family you know it's a very traditional very just like like I said strict upbringing to where you don't really talk about sex sexuality yeah. you don't you know and definitely not dancing you yeah. know definitely like if you go out there and do that it's like what do we do wrong for you to end up being a mm. dancer um, and it's not that I I, I just think that Maybe I am like an anarchist where I just go against every, go against the grain of like whatever my family is doing. But um, yeah. it is one of those things. Like, why, why are women so suppressed in this? Yeah. You know, like, why can't we be women? You know, we have to just be like a very specific, you know, if you're dating, you're having, you know, when's the husband coming? If you guys are husband, when's the baby yeah. coming? When's the baby coming? Like, what kind of job are you really doing? Like, what's your career path? And it's yeah. like, that's a lot of pressure, yeah. you know, especially nowadays when life doesn't have to be so one, two, three steps or like mm -hmm. black and white. Um, and I think that has been like the hardest thing of like, my parents are always kind of on the back burner of like, what are you doing? When are you going to stop getting out the mm -hmm. bartending in the night scene? Like, you know, like, what's your plan? And it's like, well... I don't really, I'm just kind of doing one thing at a time right yeah. now. I can't just yeah. do it all at once. You know, and I'm almost 30, I'm 28. So I'm like, well, you know, my sister has three kids already and she's married and doing the thing. And, and I have, my oldest is a brother, but they're never gonna push him too far. <laughs> course, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I feel you. I think, yeah, it's, I think, our parents are so, which honestly, it's not their fault because that's how they grew up. They see right. life from the way that they are and they grew up and how their steps, like I'm, I'm almost 25. My mom had me at 25. So I've been getting, right now I'm getting all the pressure in the world. When is, I don't have a boyfriend, but when is the husband coming? I need you married by next year. Mom, I don't have a boyfriend. I need you married by next year. She keeps saying right. that. So like, if they just have. And she always goes back to oh when I was it was my when it was my time I did so and so and so this is how it was back in my day and it's not right. the same thing like people are putting their careers first right now people are trying to get their bag right now and be like mm -hmm. you know, marriage all that stuff that can wait until I'm actually ready not when my family tells me I'm ready but I think they don't get it because that's not how they grew up. And I'm sure they wanted to do that too, where they're like, I want to do my thing right now and figure and actually take time to like, just figure myself out, like go with the flow. 
but they probably couldn't do that because their parents as well were like, nah, you have to. But I think our generation is very, we're taking a step, a stand for ourselves. A lot of mm-hmm. people are doing that right now where they're just like, I'm going to do what I want to do. And that's just it. Less people, oh, I know a lot of people are getting married, but my in my friend group, only one person's married. And normally everyone would have been married according to right, their parents. Right. Like a lot of people are like taking that, being like, I want to focus on, what I, whether it's like just honestly just not doing anything right now, just figuring it out, or I'm trying to build my business, build my brand, do whatever first, and then do the whole marriage thing later. Because like even marriage, all that shit is, it's, it's a lot. Like you give up a lot of stuff for that whole future like thing. So it's kind of like you kind of have to be like, okay, am I ready for this to give up so-and-so for for this i don't know that's and also even because i also have like my i grew up with just my mom she was she mm-hmm. was as strict as she could be but she she thinks she's like mad strict but she's not strict <laughs> i was throwing parties in her house at 13 my mom is not strict she she, she thinks she's strict but like especially because when single mom always at work you don't know what i'm doing so right you're not strict so when i like on my instagram i had like because I'm really into, like, body liberation, body positivity. I post a lot of pictures of me, cleavage is out. I have nice, nice breasts. Like, I'm I'm going to show the world because I think they look great. My mom finds right. the pictures, and it's 3 o'clock in the morning because she's in England, so she's, like, five hours ahead. She calls me 3 o'clock in the morning. I didn't answer. The first thing I text I get is, I am so disappointing you. This is not how I raised you. Are you a child of God or of the devil? And she's going off and then she's sending me the picture she's like what are these comments why are boys telling you you're hot what are the and i'm like come on she made me deactivate my instagram and this is like this this year this year not even like i was 18 or nothing this is this year telling me i have to delete everything i didn't delete shit i just blocked her but like (laughs) that's what i did too like i was a model before i was a uh dancer yeah and I remember, like, before Instagram was, like, a thing, I had Facebook, and Facebook was, like, all your family members. Mm. And I had posted a picture like that on Insta- on uh, Facebook, and I, it, was like a, it was, like, a swimsuit photo. Yeah. It was a nice swimsuit photo. And then, like, uh, I get a call from my mom, and she was, like, I don't care what you do with your life <laughs> or with yourself, but your family, your aunts, your uncles, they're blowing me up, asking me why you're posting pictures like this. <laughs> She was like, I don't want to deal with them. She was like, you can either take them down or block your family. I don't care. But like, I just don't want the backlash of it all. Um, And I think that my family kind of started kind of like, I feel like my mom definitely started to accept what, who I was as a person. She knows like, I'm not harming myself. She knows, um, you know, like I'm not doing anything out here that's like crazy, ridiculous. Because mm. like when I when I did my shoot for Playboy, I think my mom. Did, I feel like both my parents were just kind of like, yeah, we we get it. You know, <laughs> we get it. We understand like you out there, girl, you're out here, whatever. Um, but it is kind of hard because you do have to deal with like family, and you do have to deal with like these things, and you're like, well, I just want to be myself, and if you. If you don't want to look at something, don't look at it. Like, yeah. You, you yeah. don't have to, just because, like, you're my family, you can unfollow me. You mm-hmm. cannot look at, you know. Um, so I, I've created, like, a family-friendly Instagram. Mm. Um, I've, like, blocked a lot of people. Well, I've blocked a lot of family members just because, like, I, I don't need all that. 
And then I also tell people like, I don't have Facebook, but my Facebook is mostly for like friends and family and stuff like that. But um, my like regular Instagram page, it's like, I'm gonna post it. I'm gonna do yeah. it. I mean, I'm doing this like thing that yeah. uh, maybe, you know, your family always thinks it's gonna come back and bite you. Um, but I always like see myself working for myself in the future. I don't want to work for a company. I don't want to buy and, yeah. you know, get based off of photos that I've taken, you know, cause the same thing, body liberation. We're not going to look like this forever. Mm-hmm. Like this isn't, we're not, our boobs aren't going to be gray. We're not going to have like gorgeous, like top skin forever. Like we're yeah. going to, we're going to get older. And one day we're going to look back and be like, damn, we look good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. Um, just on that note, I just for any, like, I wanted to hear from your perspective. I feel like for me, the way that I see body positivity, it kind of aligns a little bit with sex positivity for me. What is your take on sex positivity? Like, what does it mean to you? And do you practice, like, just that ideology, like, in your daily life? Um, yeah, what does it mean to you? Um, so like body positivity and sex positivity, when it comes to sex positivity, um, it is, an, it is an align with body positivity, right? Cause if you love your body, you're going to be more comfortable during your sexual experiences. Yeah. If you don't love your body, then everything else is going to be awkward or weird or, um, uncomfortable for you. Yeah. Um, for me, sex positivity is, is embracing your sexuality whether you are as plain jane vanilla as you want to be if you're asexual bisexual lgbtq plus mm-hmm. but you are very positive with your relationship with sex within yourself knowing your boundaries mm-hmm. your limits and um really embracing it like there's uh, um because i was a, i did webcam modeling during the pandemic and dealing with guys on the other end of that like a lot of people they do whether it's guys or girls even just with dancing you get like a lot of people who ask questions um within their body because they're self-conscious there's like i met like a lot of guys who don't think that they're i think that their penis size is big enough or good enough because they watch porn and they say oh i feel like all girls want like this ginormous like thing or there's girls who say like, I don't like my body because it's a little pudgy or like I've had a baby or like my boobs aren't big enough or I might be, I might be really, really, really skinny and I just can't gain weight. Or I might be curvier, like all these different things. Um, but really, like, I, I think that we're the harshest critics on ourselves. Yeah. And I think once we kind of get out of our own mental head, our own mental space of like creating these fake scenarios and these fake ideologies within ourselves, and I think you'll definitely start to create like that sex positive relationship me I it took me a while because like I said I was in an abusive relationship for five years and he was only yeah. my second boyfriend and um he definitely did use like sex as like a manipulation so I'm like okay well like if I don't do x this and this and this he's not gonna want to be with me he would still go out and cheat regardless. Um, mm-hmm. So that was, it, it did take me some time to like unlearn those nasty behaviors. Um, and currently right now with my partner, he isn't as experienced as I guess I can say that I am. Um, Cause after I broke up with my ex, I kind of went through a whole like 
three-year rebound phase just yeah. to like explore what I want and what I didn't want right and I know for some people like some people might say like that's not good for you to like just go out there and try stuff not saying like I was just out here just like trying some crazy shit but no I was out there just like okay if I go on a date with this guy I don't like what he's doing um physically or like I don't like to be touched like this that's yeah. like another thing I think you create boundaries with yourself you're like I don't want I don't like that and I do like this or like maybe I watched a video um maybe I watched a porno and I was like well maybe that looks like interesting for me to try um mm -hmm. but for me I, I kind of went out there and I learned different things about myself and then also like learning it within myself so learning how to touch yourself because you know learning what how you like to be touched yeah um and then also being with a partner with my partner now it's like easier to expand and try different things because you might I'll, like I said I'll try anything once if I'm with you like if we're like together we yeah. could try something if we didn't like it cool we don't have to talk about it anymore <laughs> you never know until you try That's true. and um That's true. I really do try and enforce it but just like I do try to practice body or um sex positivity but sometimes it's hard you know, not every day do I feel sexy. Some days I feel bloated. Some days my face is breaking out. Um, some days, like, I just don't like what I see in the mirror. And that's just, that's not how I perceive myself every day. But some days, like, you just don't like it. Some days you just don't feel sexy. Some days you just don't want to be touched in that way. And sex isn't always about the physical, like, penetration of it all. Sometimes, yeah. like, it's like, cuddling and touching and like okay like let's watch a movie but maybe you can like rub my back type of a thing you know sex yeah. isn't always penetration it's it's other things and and for everybody whether you're asexual or not like penetration isn't the end-all do-all for people sexually that's true that's true. i really like what you said about kind of making sex positivity about you and your relationship with sex and pleasure i think that's really important i actually i've never heard anyone like because i know like people everyone goes through that whole rebound phase but i've never heard of it being a thing that you're doing and you're kind of learning more about your sex yourself sexually and even just like romantically as you're going on because i feel like like when i do rebound i'm just like i'm trying to feel better like that's my goal right. like just to stop feeling all that pain but then I, I don't see it as okay like let me actually learn like what do i i'm more like doing it to like mask all the pain. So I think that's like a really interesting perspective on learning about yourself. And I feel like it's important to do that because how are you going to know what you like if you don't do anything? Like you're going to go in and not know. And I feel a lot of people try to limit themselves sexually because of what society says and and because, oh, if I say, oh, yeah, I've been with so-and-so guys, my friends or maybe one guy's going to call me a hoe or say this or that. But if you want to do it, then just go ahead and do it, you know. But it's it's difficult because of how society has made sex seem like. The, even though everyone has sex, everyone people everyone loves sex, but they make sex seem like it's something that's like like bad or it's just wrong. Right. I don't know. It's it's really weird to me because people are gonna go online and say you shouldn't be doing so and so, then go home and go have sex like or or having sex right, right after like. What? Nah, it's it's, it's yeah. weird to me. But yeah, on no on that note with um your relationship, I was curious just because I want to know how the experience has been like 
with your partner and you like that was that's your first partner since you started you started doing sex work right yes yeah so like how has that experience been like were you with your partner before you got into sex work was it a thing of like how has it even has it affected your relationship like what yeah just what is that entire vibe around that so um so my partner we met um i was doing sex work before i met him Okay. And he, I've known him, I knew of him, we didn't really know each other, but I knew of him from back and forth between Colorado and just like life. Um, and he followed me on my, I had an Instagram page that got shut down like two years ago <laughs> when they were doing the whole shutdown of like silencing yeah. the sex workers, I got shut down. <laughs> um, so he followed me on my page and, um, so he didn't know that I was a dancer. Like I didn't really broadcast that I was a dancer until like recently when I started doing my podcast. Cause I was like, fuck it, dude, if I'm going to talk about it, then I mm. better be honest with it. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, it was crazy because like most times like guys on Instagram are just in your inbox, just saying stupid shit or sending you like unbeknownst dick pics, which nobody mm. wants. Yeah. Um, and he, I had posted something. This was before I shot for Playboy. And I was like, I'm an aspiring or inspiring model. I got my grammar mixed up. <laughs> so he messaged me. He's like, hey, just want to let you know, like, you got your grammar mixed up. You're supposed to be aspiring instead of inspiring. And I'm not trying to be rude or anything. Just like sending you love. I don't want you out here looking stupid. Mm. I was like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> and, I'm like, my and I'm like, who like took the time to like really just like, do this and I clicked on them and we actually started chatting and then it just kind of went from there like we had a great time mm -hmm. um talking so I gave him my number and then he we talked on the he didn't text me he, this he, this kid called me <laughs> and we talked on the phone for like two or three hours and it was like it felt really natural mm -hmm. um but within that like first conversation I was like hey I am a dancer I mean of course I do like the like the sexy pictures and things like that but like I'm a dancer. I do like OnlyFans. Like I might not like if that's something that turns you off, then like I might not be the girl for you. Yeah. Um, I know it's kind of hard to accept a. It can be hard to accept a person who does the work that they kind of do, like flirt with guys for money, um, for a living and dancing and things like that. Uh, the crazy thing is, is he's never been into a strip club ever. Really? I mean, he's what? never been into a strip club. He's like he's never had any desire to go into a strip club. Wow. Even though I'm like, like, you can go out. I would, I would care less. Yeah. I'm like, all my friends are strippers. They come over anyway. So yeah. it's not like you guys are, you're not like missing on anything. You're yeah. not getting licensed for money. Um, so you, you actually get like the exclusive access because you get the real, you get the real girls and they treat mm. him great and they love him to death. Um, but he accepted it pretty well. And he does have like, just like anybody, he does have like a little bit of insecurities about it. He's like, sometimes if I think about it too much, like it does bother me, but I try not to because I know that you're smart and you are, you wouldn't be doing this like if you weren't making good money at it. Um, and another thing that we, we had to go through humps, right? So a big one was having a regular, right? So you a regular is just like someone you'd give your phone number to if they spend like X amount of money or if you just want them to come in and spend money on you. So I had a couple of those people in my phone. Yeah. And he would get like a little upset because if my phone is dinging, like a name comes across and it's a guy, like, of course, you're going to say like, uh, like, I'm, 
you know, it's good. I'm not going to be angry about it, but I do want to talk to you about it because it's making me feel uncomfortable. Like, who is this person? Yeah. And we would sit down and we talk about it. Um, So we try to move through humps. Like, if something bothers him, I normally just like ask him to be upfront with me and then I can explain it to him because I know he's never been into a club or like even been into a situation with a girl like me. Yeah. So, and it's never, and he's never disrespectful. He's never like, argumentative i think he's just like i know this is your work but it is making me uncomfortable and i would like to like talk about it so i can understand it Mm. Mm, i like that i like that a lot i think it's so important to have like a partner who's good at communication anyway but like this is like this is changing the game like i haven't i don't think i know anyone who communicates this much in their and I think it's so important to communicate in your relationship but this is like good like because I know a lot even I've been there where I'm feeling away I'm not gonna say anything because it's gonna be a, I just don't want it to be like oh I'm always bothered but that's a really good kind of like a boundary for you to say if you're feeling away like less like or he said let's talk about it. like I don't want to because I feel like when you keep it to yourself and you don't it just builds up a lot of things like it could be resentment or even like, as you were saying, like some insecurities and things like that. So it's so important to have, especially like in any situation, but even as a sex worker to have a partner who understands, but also is like communicating with you because people don't communicate nowadays. And no, they don't. Yeah. And that's probably been one of the things like I've had to learn too was like communicating. Cause like I said, coming from like a really shitty relationship where like he didn't want to talk about shit. Mm. And then like being with someone who wants to talk about everything, it is like a learning experience. And then also being like a dancer, you're like, well, I've been, I've been single. Yeah. Like I've dated, but like, I haven't had anybody, I haven't had to share space with anybody in so long that like, yeah. This is different, and it is, it is, and then you do realize, like, oh, damn, like, even though, like, in my mind, I know it's nothing, but in someone else's mind, it is something, and yeah. you don't want to let somebody sit there and, like, fester up, like, these, like, these images in their head and say, like, oh, wow, like, you know, she doesn't want to talk about it, so, like, what is this? I'm feeling mm. this type of way, but what if it isn't? So it's like, like, if, you know, just, like, tell me, and I'm more yeah. than willing to talk about it, because I get insecure, too, because I'm like, well you know sometimes guys do this thing to where they feel insecure about something and they say well they just like assume you're cheating right they're like oh you're cheating Mm. out of nowhere and then they go and cheat and you're like oh wow like i wasn't but you didn't say anything so you just had these assumptions and you created this imagery in your head compared to you like talking about it and actually like going through it and like okay like i was just having a moment you know not he's never done that to me but just like just like with guys like I've, I've I've messed around with, it's like, that was always like one of the things that was always one of their biggest insecurities too. It's like, oh, well, you can do this. So you're going to go do that. Like you're a dancer, like you have sex for money. And it's like, no, I don't. I'm a dancer. And people who do have sex for money, like it doesn't matter. Then that's not the girl for you. Like if yeah. you're not willing to date that girl, then that's not the girl for you. But don't ever try and take somebody's hustle away from them. Like, it's one thing if you're not making money. Let's say like this girl is, let's say I was like dancing and I'm just like, I'm just not succeeding at it. I'm just not making no money. I'm more stressed out than I am, mm-hmm. than I should be if I just work a regular job. Then we have that conversation. Hey, babe, it ain't working out for you. Yeah. Maybe we should find something else for you. But like, if they're succeeding at it, and that's with anything, I don't care if it's dancing or 
you know, being a chef, I don't care what it is. If they're great at what they're doing, if a woman is out here trying to succeed, let them succeed. Yeah. You know, don't get insecure and think that, oh, she's like, you know, she can't do better than me. She can't, you know, she can't get ahead in life. Like, you know, cause I'm behind, I need to step my game up. And it's like, yeah, you do, because we're out here, we're hustling and we're trying to make better for ourselves. And if that is like a, if that's a turnoff for you, then I'm not the person for you. Yeah. That's any girl. Like, don't ever sell yourself short. Don't sell your dreams short because like a guy's like, oh, I'm going to take you away from this. Like, I'll pay for everything. You're like, no, you're not. I'm not leaving. I'm yeah. not leaving my life hand. You're not going to take away my, my freedoms basically mm-hmm. and leave you in control. Like, I find that to be a very controlling yeah manipulative um kind of situation yeah yeah like kind of like ownership in a way like they kind of are taking because when somebody takes like is basically you you get to a point where you can actually exist without them because now they're they're taking care of they're in charge of your entire being and like i think that's so important like my my mom my dad was very abusive to my mom so that was like her big thing i think the first time he ever like hit her um she was like i'm gonna go and start my business because this shit is gonna go left someday and you don't know when it's gonna be a thing of i have to now like because like at the point where she was in her life she couldn't leave him because she didn't have anything or i don't know what i'm gonna do but then when she finally was like you know what i have my business i don't need your money anymore like keep your money and keep your abusive behavior I'm going to leave. So I think it is important to actually don't not give up our dreams or whatever we want to do because of any, any person at all, even our parents, even no matter who it is, like if you want to do something, then just do it because we came to this earth alone. I always tell this to myself because I feel like a lot of the time we try to do things to, to, for other people's benefits or because it makes them happy. But we came here alone. We're going to, everything in our life, everyone has their own, life like they're gonna enjoy their life do what they want to do and they're gonna be thinking oh shit like i have to actually limit myself or not do what i want to do because of somebody who is doing what they want to do anyway so right yeah it doesn't yeah it just we need to focus on ourselves and do what makes us happy and i think a lot of people are becoming more in tune with that because of covid i think because we spent a lot of time by ourselves during covid so everyone's like now like i'm trying to be happy for me so I think it's a good thing. Um, I just wanted to ask, I'm, I'm not sure if you're not comfortable talking about this completely fine, just because uh, you talked about being in an abusive relationship. I know mm-hmm. just from like my perspective, it was really hard for me to even speak to guys after that. How was it? I'm, I'm not sure what the time frame it was between that and going into dancing. Was it, did that affect you in the beginning when you were dancing at all? Um, yes, it did. Um, so the guy that I was with, he was a he was a football player, and he did the whole thing we were just talking about, to where he he convinced me to say, "I'm gonna buy you a car. I'll buy you the phone. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about nothing." But still, I was still out here working some bullshit ass jobs, going to school because I was like, "Okay, I still need some money, right?" Yeah. Um, and of course, like after we broke up, of course, all that left out there with no phone, no car, no these, and like all these things are like your parents are like, "No, don't ever let somebody do this for you. Don't ever do it." I was like, he, Dumb enough to do it. He was a, he was like a master manipulator. Mm. Um, and I was scared when I first started dancing. Cause like I said, I was in North Carolina by myself. Number two, um, he knew so many people that I feel like if he 
found out where I worked or if he found me in general or if he came in on a night that I was working. He didn't know. I don't know if he knows if I dance or not. I haven't talked to him since. Um, You kind of get like this. You're always kind of looking over your shoulder Mm -hmm. um, type of a feeling. And I did feel, I felt like nervous and I felt scared for a little bit. Um, and I remember like there was a guy that walked in that resembled him and I'd seen him from afar and like I, my heart like dropped into my stomach and I like ran back to the dressing room because I thought it was him. Yeah. Um, because he is like one of those like very manipulative guys. He has like a very like way with words. Granted, I should probably tell you it wasn't him. Um, but he did have a way with words. So like I know he could talk to anybody or anything and just try to pretend like you know he was Mr. Suave and doing all these things yeah I mean also like you don't want to be outed because I don't want to be outed and then you're going to come and tell my family and then you're going to convince my family that you're like this great guy and then your Mm. daughter is like this horrible you know person um so like it did it did take me some time until I figured out um I realized finally we had to split up all the shit that we had in our apartment at the time so he called me and he's like well I'm getting ready to move mm-hmm. and I was like okay perfect you're moving out of state so great um come back and get all my stuff so I think after that I kind of felt like that like who like that breath of fresh air yeah. is off my shoulders. I would have to say for like the first like six months that I was dancing I did like I did fear that he would come in or one of his friends would come in um mm-hmm. and come see me um but as far as, like, did it affect me mentally when it came to, like, talking to guys? Yeah, I did. I had some aggressions towards some guys when I first started dancing. I'm not going to lie. Like, I had kind of, like, a shield put up towards some people. Like, if they came, if, it, if, if, if any guy came at me in a certain way or said, like, something, and I didn't realize this, but I had, I have trigger, and I still have triggers, right? Because yeah. this was, like, five years of, 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 of buildup. So I had some triggers and I would get like a little aggressive with some of these guys and get in their face and like take it out on them. I mean, like, I'm not going to get in trouble at work, but you you kind of realize like, damn, like I still got some pent up anger over something that this person didn't do to me just because it reminded me of someone else. Now I'm out here arguing with this grown ass man over nothing because Mm -hmm. you said that you like said something like I said that was like a trigger word or one of your actions was like a trigger for me yeah yeah no yeah I think that yeah obviously that's normal it happens it's crazy because I just think that like I don't know like I don't like I don't like to say this because I feel like it's just whatever but it's so like you're so strong because I don't think I would have knew to like I don't know it's difficult especially when something is like mental like I know for me I didn't leave my house for like two months like just out of just fear so like mm-hmm. just even allowing yourself to be in that like can, your life went on and even though there was still like fear in you you're like I'm still gonna do what I want to do like and that's that's so like motivational for me because I'm I don't know I think I'm just scared of a lot of things so like I just I'm like I can't do it but no that's 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 mad strong like props to you I have well, a um, I have one more question for you, and this is just more general, just because I think I think a lot of people would benefit from just hearing what you have to say about this. Do you have any advice for for folks who are interested in going into sex work or are interested in dancing or even doing OnlyFans or anything like that? Any advice at all for them? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, first thing is, is that sex work is anything with the intent of giving the illusion or fantasy of sex, whether you are like a foot fetish model, you could write, um, like you could be a, uh, novelist to like people who write like 50 shades of gray type of a person. Mm-hmm. So sex work isn't just actual physical sex or just dancing. And I think that's a big misconception that a lot of people have. Yeah. Um, that under this, under the umbrella of sex work, it goes deep. And like the deeper you get into it, you're like, wow, like someone's really getting off on this kind of a fantasy. Um, but the biggest thing that I have to say about being a sex worker, if you're looking to go into it is, um, be sure of yourself. It's not for the faint at heart, like this career, not even career, but, um, it could be a career. And a lot of it is a lot of women do get out of it by making, making better for themselves. Right. Whether mm-hmm. it's going to school, starting a business or doing real estate. Um, but don't go in. I didn't start dancing until I was 24, 25. Um, if you're 18 or 19, yes, you can do it, you know, but I wouldn't recommend it because um, you are, you can get easily manipulated and you can get ate up and you can, you can really resent um, men. You can resent women. You can resent yourself if you yeah. start too young. Um, number two is, like I said, have a goal, have a goal at the end of this because this isn't this isn't a long-term ride. This is a short-term ride. So get your bread, stack up your bag, get your bag, stack up your bread, <laughs> yeah. invest your money or go to school or do whatever it is. You know, this isn't for a short-term. This isn't for clout. This isn't yeah. for Instagram. This is people, these are people who are really working and they take it seriously and mm-hmm. they get they get their money and they go on with their lives. Yeah. Um, the third thing is have a thick skin. I guess that goes back into the first one, but have a thick skin. Um, that's just with like life in general, have a thick skin because what's going on in the world will affect your everyday work environment. Yeah, for um, sure. And there are people out there who take their aggressions out on you and they don't because they think oh like you're a sex worker oh your life has no value you probably have daddy issues you're probably like this this and this or you're you know strung out in the street somewhere right Mm -hmm. so they take out their aggressions on you because they don't see you as having value and there are people who see you with having the most amount of value yeah um you'll meet someone and like all of the connections that you make with these people like when you go into a strip club, I will just say this. When you go into a strip club, you do meet some of the higher end guys of the world, right? I, I meet guys who are from all walks of life, but I meet like a lot of guys who are investment bankers, all these like different people, people who can help you get ahead. Yeah. Don't take them for, um, don't take them for granted. Get to know them um, and pick their brains you know, because it is free information sure. and take that information, lock it in and use it for yourself. But always, always look for your end goal. Always have an end goal. And um, like I said, stack your bread. Don't blow your money on stupid shit. Every <laughs> once in a while, that's fine. Don't blow your money on stupid shit. Don't go, don't get the bag and then go to Gucci and blow all your money in Gucci because you're just going to have to work twice as hard the next yeah. weekend. Save your money, invest it. Talk to people, love yourself, have a thick skin, and like 
please don't get like lost in the sauce. It's so easy to get caught up in, in, in the lifestyle of like the party lifestyle of like drinking and doing all these things. Don't get caught up. Don't lose yourself and don't lose your soul. Yeah. I love that. I love that so much. And I feel like that, that's honestly like the best way to end this love. That's amazing advice. That's amazing <laughs> advice. Even for me, like I'm like taking all that in for myself too. Cause like, I, I mean, I don't, I don't even know if what, cause even learning, I didn't even know, like think about what you had said about sex work and how sex work goes beyond just like, it can be anything from like writing novels and stuff like that. And I feel like not, I don't even know if what I do characterize the sex work. I don't know. If, I don't think it does. Maybe. I don't know. But I think for me, because I do work that's like, I create spaces for people who, um, just for people to be open about pleasure and talking about mm-hmm. sex. And I, I encourage that. I think it's very difficult sometimes just because like, as you said, the whole thing about, like having thick skin because if it's not like let me just be real even like with my organization we do get some messages that are like very like hate or even people calling me or emailing me a lot of church folk emailing me telling me that oh like how one time we posted like masturbation is self-care and I mm-hmm. said my email blew up like my mom even called me and was like what do you mean masturbation is self-care and stuff like that so I think and a lot of the times like when you get a lot of hate it can make you want to like actually just be like you know what i'm done like i'm pulling i'm just gonna just i'm gonna go back to working at wherever i was whatever i was doing before because you get hate and you get all the people are mean and people mistreat you and stuff but it really yeah. is about having that being able to know like you know what this is this is the this is the job like i knew coming in here that not everyone was gonna be like oh my gosh yes go go for it girl but it's just about understanding that that's that's how it is, and you have to kind of just be be strong. Honestly, that's the that's yeah really good advice. Honestly, really good. And you're helping others. Like that's the biggest thing because it is it's a niche. You're helping people who you're creating a space for people who don't have a space because no one does want to create a space for sex workers because it is like such a shunned industry. Yeah, and I get hate mail all the time. I get. <laughs> I get messages from people who just like say the craziest shit to me, but you know what? I brush it off just because uh, fear is a lack of understanding. Mm. And if you fear something, it's because you don't understand it. And if you don't understand it, then like I said, it's just, it's not for you. And I think people tend to over, over analyze things and they try and they feel so targeted by like a post that wasn't even about them, but they feel so like, it's like something within themselves that makes them uncomfortable with the idea of, and like never want to disrespect our parents, but they're uncomfortable with that idea because it's just, it's not, and that's just their generation, Yeah, you know? Um, But life goes on, life moves forward and uncomfortability is what creates growth. So yeah, yeah, I think you're doing a great thing. I say keep the sex conversation open because like I said, sex just isn't porn. Sex is having that open discussion, talking about it and and actually learning a lot about yourself within it too. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, thank you so much. It was so lovely to have you here. I learned, I feel like I learned so much that like I didn't even realize that I actually needed to learn, but I've learned <laughs> so much and I hope everyone who's listening, take notes, guys, learn, learn from all, learn from all of your misconception, misconceptions about sex and sex work and sex workers. 
but yeah, thank you so much for, for coming and talking with me today. This is great. And I can't wait till the episode comes out. Yes. Thank you for having me. This has been great. This has been wonderful. And I hope you'll have me back soon. Yes. Yes. For sure. <laughs> for sure. All right. We'll talk soon. And yeah, thank you once again. Thank you. Okay.